0: Hello, and welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. You're here on the second and final part of our watch along of 2002 anime Haibane Reme. I'm Chiaki Hirai, one of the editors for AnFM. You can find me at Chiaki747 or Animated Empress on Twitter. And if I re- debut as a VTuber, I might get a third account. Today we have Brian Merritt back uh, to talk about the second half of the show.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Meru, and you can find me at Pixelated Lenses on Twitter, where I am talking about cool stuff, uh, talking about editing, visual novels, and light novels, and just having a good time.
2: Yay. Hey, uh, I'm Vrye Kaiser. I'm the uh, managing content editor at Anime Feminist, and uh, you can find my freelance work and stuff on Twitter at Writer All right.
0: So, um, today we're going to talk about the second half of High Honorimi. As I said, um, content warnings continuing from last time: there is character death, uh, a lot of in you know mentioning of suicide ideation, trauma, and grief. Um, oh boy, it's a lot. Uh, anything else that you think I should add? I, I think that really covers this part
1: because it's it's just. It's yeah
2: Yeah. there's yeah 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 there's a lot i guess it uh yeah the self-harm kind of carries Mm -hmm. over from last time yeah Yeah.
0: um and you know just just before we get back into sort of the meat and potatoes of this conversation last episode i did mention that i came into the series at episode 12 (laughs) (laughs) um where you will have no idea what is going on, but you can kind of understand where I was coming from when I said I was enchanted by the show, watching it at 2 a.m. in the morning, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I can understand. Uh-huh.
0: What's, what's kind of funny, though, is that this show, like, mind you, aired in the summer season, right? Like... Or well, no. Is it is it spring? Mm.
2: I I think it I think it started in October. The Wikipedia says no. So it it like couldn't have anime. because anime.
0: I was there in the summer. Okay, okay. And- I'm a fact check you both. <laughs>
1: October twenty. Right, 20- oh wait, I almost said twenty o two. October two thousand two to December two thousand two. It was a fall o two anime.
2: Okay. Did they maybe rerun it in like the summer of 03 when you were maybe. in Maybe,
0: I guess that's the case because I wouldn't have seen it in in winter. Like I, I don't go to Japan in the winter. So I, I definitely saw it in the summer. So it was really weird watching um a very summery uh in 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 the midst of summer this this anime finale which is very cold.
1: I I mean it would make sense that they would rerun it because the DVDs come out the next year. So like that's a good like promo boost. I guess so.
2: Side note, some some good anime came out in two thousand two. Like uh the we two thousand we got uh, Azumanga Dayo, yeah. Standalone Complex, Princess Tutu, yeah. and additionally, uh the original Tokyo Mew Mew and yes. Naruto both started in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Date
1: Bio Nyan yes i love it i love it
2: which were if nothing else both influential and good at times so you know
0: i think we just whenever you say anime used to be good or whatever you just think back to 2002 and check if anyone was watching back then okay (laughs) so
2: i mean in fairness there were also some very not good anime in 2000 we don't remember
0: those Uh, anymore because that was 20 years ago
2: Exactly.
1: Exactly. It was 20 years ago. Wow. Okay. So.
0: So. How y'all doing? Yo, Chiaki,
1: what the fuck? (laughs) 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 Like real talk. My friend. My friend. Wow. (laughs) This is very. This anime. Ooh, sad. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So many emotions wrecky.
0: Yeah.
1: Wrecky is really putting the wrecked in wrecked. Like mm-hmm. it is mm, wow. That last episode would definitely have been strange to see with no context because like having the context, it hurts. It's just like wow. This is No, <laughs> I don't
2: know, that would have been uh, that that was the penultimate yeah. episode, the uh totally not Christmas yeah. New Year's one.
0: I watched I watched the magical ephemeral we're, we wow, hand out, we hand out. You episode twelve. Yeah, we hand out the magical nuts. The yeah, the bell nuts. The bell nuts to everyone. <laughs> I hate that as as thank yous for the end of the year. Um, I did not. I actually missed the finale because um, it was two a.m. Yeah, uh-huh. so I was I was curious what ever happened for for the longest time, and I got the DVDs <laughs> later. But yeah
1: what what a wild episode to see the ones where they give like <laughs> look i'm not trying to diss the town of glee but these shitty nuts <laughs> to like other people
2: they do kind of <laughs> suck Sucks yeah
1: you, you have to give them while staying quiet and people just look happy because they don't have anything else to give for christmas it feels like when at halloween you get a box of raisins it's
2: just bad <laughs> they get these no it's get these bad nuts <laughs> it's more like you go around waiting for your friends to give you their mood ring <laughs> just, just, like it's it's like that combined with with an astrology yeah. reading for the year except it's your relationship it's with your got a very
1: ones. magic eight ball vibe about it like give this red one if you want to say thank you <laughs> and like it's just so mm-hmm. sad and then back set in that is reiki having a breakdown <laughs> just having a real bad time like
0: hey Ricky, how are you feeling aren't you gonna thank anyone no (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is um it it is a really curious
1: ending Mm -hmm. um that's how i feel how did you feel (laughs) vry
2: i would like to propose and obviously it's the other way around because you know linear time but uh events occur in the order in which i perceive them so I, I would like to propose that Haibane Renmei is an inverse of Wonder Egg priority in that Ooh. it it should probably only be like a six episode OVA. It really does feel like the show doesn't start till halfway through when it starts being about Reki. Um, but it, despite starting off not even bad, but a little rough and aimless, uh, it, if it once it finds its feet, it manages to tell uh, an emotionally satisfying and uh, subtle story about teenage girl suicide
1: yeah you know Mm -hmm. i did think a lot about one drag priority and i thought a lot about another show that oddly is not at all connected to either one of those another while watching this really yeah yeah Uh, so what kept coming back to mind as we as like we're watching this really um intense like last few episodes was the concept of like catastrophe and calamity as a supernatural force versus it mm. being something that is just kind of a a thing that comes for us all and like in another in another like the connection to death causes like this supernatural kind of act of god that like causes you know these these very specific events and here it kind of plays out of like based on your proximity to impurity and purity and like based on like your true name like Recky's just kind of given this act of God that kind of almost nips at her heels throughout life of like creating this self-fulfilling prophecy that she is very unworthy and like she's just going to be abandoned. And that ultimately, like, it it it, it is her downfall. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it is, it is what I and I guess downfall for us, but like for High Bonnie, it's it's um fulfilling your purpose, which is very fraught. Um, and yeah, and so, like, another kept popping into mind because of that.
2: Thankfully, this did not, uh, change genres in the worst possible way in literally the last episode. Another. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Could you imagine? No, it, it stays, it
2: stays the course. I really liked the back half, because it, uh, it's definitely an anime that, and I like Raka, Mm -hmm. you know, I think... She really, um, she has interiority and she has personality and drive, but her arc is essentially over uh, by about episode eight. And -hmm. I think the series really uh, benefited from just leaning into being about Reki, the most complex character. Yeah.
1: It also felt good to have my theory validated that I think last time I said I thought they were all dead. Mm-hmm. No, I thought they were all going to be reborn as babies. That didn't happen. <laughs> Spoiler alert: <laughs> that's not what happens. I just think they're all dead. <laughs> like this yeah. is
2: I all mean, dead of suicide. I mean, uh, which only purple. Of... Also, the children.
0: Okay, yeah. so mm, so question. that is a thing to debate about because some people, like I personally, thought everyone died by suicide uh, initially, but over the years, I've kind of thought about it, and it doesn't quite make sense,
2: right? Right. It, it, because is it everyone? Is it just Raka and Reki?
0: Yeah, because it's this concept of if you have the black feathers, that is a sign. That is a mark of sin,
1: mm-hmm, which
0: mm-hmm. you know um, talks about how you might you 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 are born into this with with a mark that you, your death was mm-hmm. not only unnatural but it was a it was something of your own device. I, I
1: guess um, a natural and amoral.
0: Yeah. Kingdom. Um so like I've come to kind of understand the high as and they're all children or they're all young, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Especially like all of those kids in the orphanage. Um Yeah. My idea is that they are just children who who died for various reasons uh without Having lived long enough to really, you know, develop and pass on as a fully formed human being. Okay. Right.
2: To uh, to to steal a line from Shadow's house, they uh, died without developing a personality or something. That's like that. just for me, and the fine that that's just for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I um, I see what you mean, and I think that might be what the show is going for. It might make more sense. On the other hand. I think it maybe reading it that way goes back to the whole fact that uh the show's metaphor being a little bit vague is a so, sort of fraught for it at some points mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. like because it's um you know it's it's dabbling around with Christian iconography through mm-hmm. the angels but its philosophy seems to be more um more Buddhist as you note, um mm-hmm in the uh in the show notes like letting go of attachments uh and sort of you know self-assessing and the the concept of the uh philosophical riddle and stuff um so if we we frame being sin bound as an objective mark of um of suicide as an immoral act uh then i don't really know what we do with that especially because they are children Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it, it really gets messy when you do frame it that way, right? Because, like, it is, it is, and I mean, granted, there are definitely still some people of the Christian faith who do feel that suicide is a fully amoral act and that in doing it... um you are damned to hell, mm-hmm.
2: but it is. Yes. It, yes. I was raised Catholic. Right.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't know if I'm speaking to someone on this. Um, Cause I was, <laughs> I was raised Methodist and that's just like, mm. I mean, that you know, that's, that's, that's close. Right. And so it's, it's, I, I kept really struggling with deciding ultimately what I felt the metaphor was because there's a lot of use of predetermination which is a very Christian Mm -hmm. notion of like, you're born into this world. And from the moment of your first breath, from the moment that like you exist, um, it's determined where you're going to go. Either you're going to ascend or you're going to descend. But that also feels really too simple um, for what the show is kind of, what it feels like it's trying to say about kind of the liminality of existing in a very contained life where you are born into a role but i also Mm. just like only purgatory could come up with bell
2: nuts (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did i i did want to ask you chiaki if because i know you're not a practicing buddhist but you're a little bit more baseline familiar with it Mm. if uh if you thought it was like is the angel stuff just we've put on a Christian aesthetic hat like anime sometimes likes to do, or is there some more uh, Japanese folklore or something that it could also be tying into from that side?
0: Well, you know, the, the concept of Buddhism is the cycle, right? You you keep cycling through rebirth until you ascend to a higher plane. So the the concept of angels doesn't really exist per se. Um, Japanese Buddhism is a little weird bit where you, there is a thing where instead of being reborn as, as a, um, you know, the concept of heaven and hell is you are reborn into a different realm. If you're, if you did bad things, you are reborn in a lower rung and, you know, get to suffer through a worse world where you have mm-hmm. to repent and, you know, once you figure out you're doing better, you get to be reborn once again in the human realm, and then you can do good things and be reborn into a, you know, better realm. Um, So the the concept of angels are a little alien. I think this is definitely um, looking at Western, you know, Christian or uh, iconography and saying, okay, that looks cool. We should we should use that. And going back to the idea of this show really finds its feet in the latter half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think. When Abe was considering, like, how this world is set up, he just kind of threw things in there into a pot, hoping it'll work and just kind of tried to write his way out of it. Right. So. Right. I would understand. What? I would understand if the mm-hmm. iconography and, you know, the overall message kind of gets muddled uh, because there probably wasn't a strong fund, you know, foundation to this in the first place.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it does. It, it is just kind of noodling in a way that I feel like it could have benefited from a, uh, some, s- a stronger sense of thoughtfulness in pre-production rather than just saying we like this guy's work and on that basis we are going to uh, just let him do some stuff but at the same time as much as Abe's tendency to um be vague can frustrate me um I think at it. A- like i said last time i think at its worst uh it can sometimes feel like wanting to seem deep without having a whole lot of substance behind it i think in the show's back half it really works to the show's um advantage mm-hmm. when it is discussing suicide because it never uses the word and i think it but it is very very clear to the audience that is ideally going to be watching this like it's old enough to be watching this yeah. what is happening and and that means it it gets to focus in on these feelings of of loss and you know um and fear and regret without really being lurid in mm-hmm. in how they died and and the grotesquery of it and i really mm-hmm. you know um putting a y- Aside putting aside the the sort of ambiguity around the sin bound thing and whether that's about like personal perception or objective perception and all of that, I liked very much that this is that this concept about you can't sin isn't about waiting for God to give you absolution. It's about communing with the people you hurt. Um and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is what is, it's about you, it's a two part process of like, you can recognize, you, you have to recognize and understand what you've done. And you have to have somebody who you affected who is willing to, um, who, who is willing to absolve you of that. And, and that is what, that's, that's the combined thing that, that will free you from it.
0: Yeah, whereas... Mm. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that kind of is a good way to lead into, I know, I know we really want to talk about Reki because the show is ultimately about Reki, but, you know, maybe we should just touch a little bit about Raka's arc, uh, because that really talks, you know, it kind of grounds the series in the first place through her own, uh, chasing after her bird to kind of find absolution inside that well, Mm -hmm, mm um, i'm just I'm just curious what your thoughts are in terms of um what it means for raka's uh, journey to come full circle with uh the bird that was in her dream uh and the prominence it played uh and how it leads her to yet another bird this time one that's dead
1: it's it's re- it was really interesting for me because like raka starts off this series like really charmed by glee really like in love with it and then kind of has it very both abruptly and also slowly like kind of ruined like that veil of paradise falls. she kind of like has her forbidden fruit moment where she realizes like oh this this place i live and i love is a wall. like it's not it's not someone i really want to be and then she chases this bird raka ends up like in need of Lassie because this child falls into a will. Um, oh. And like has this really poignant moment where she's able to kind of come back to, you know, come back to like a degree of acceptance and a degree of like, well, you know, I'm kind of a degree of like, understanding that she's going to be okay. Despite the fact that like everything seems like it's falling around her. And what stuck out for me is just like Raka is able to kind of find peace in this dream and kind of in the bird imagery and in seeing this bird that like Reki just never gets. Mm. And it's kind of what actually saves her from this being her story. Because um, I, I, I will admit I had to rewatch the bird stuff a second time because I was like, what is happening? Mm. So much is going on. <laughs> Um, but it was it was interesting because like it kind of brings her full circle back to a stage of peace, and she's kind of able to accept this weird liminality that living in this place that's, you know, only as wide as the walls allow it.
2: The bird imagery is interesting because I think it's sort of if I were to put on uh, sort of my r- critic hat and look at the series as a whole, it, it's interesting in that it's not really. You can tell that they made it up as they go along because the bird imagery kind of mutates based on what the plot needs. Mm -hmm. And then once uh, Raka has her epiphany, it sort of goes away until it comes back in that really nice way in the finale in a different way again. But so, you know, so the image of the the crows as these sort of uh, potentially as these these uh, potentially antagonistic forces Mm -hmm. or as, you know, creatures who... Might uh, you know the, they are stand-ins for the for the Haibane and what might happen if they're coddled if they're coddled versus the question of tough love. But they are also this sort of guidepost for Raka, But they're <laughs> also sort of these creatures who can, who can go beyond and serve as messengers for, for what we lost. And, but a a high can also be a crow because it's just a bird now. And
0: very flexible birds. I mean, Mm -hmm. the show even goes as far as saying the crows just deliver what you need. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Like it's very loose and flexible, but I actually don't, I, I, I say that just to say that I don't actually hold it against the show all that much because I think that, the moments that work really work you know Mm -hmm. i'm really i was really struck by that image of this regret after the fact that somebody did care yeah um you know i i feel like that's really poignant especially because so much of the audience this show really stuck with it seems like are people who struggled with suicidal ideation and you know some not everybody is lucky enough to have a support network, but I feel like for a lot of teenagers, especially there, a lot of times there is, there is that at least that one person who is, who is there and loves you and wants to help you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's interesting. A lot of, a lot of what's carried alongside with like this specific motif of the crows and Raka is like, she has some really severe dissociation about actually being quite calm about death about actually and like it's calm in the kind of numb way that i think happens when you deal with ideation um mm. and it's calm in a way that is enticing in its dangerousness right because like there there is that there is that kind of willingness because raka at one point like i can't remember her exact words but it struck me that like raka doesn't necessarily want to die but she was in a state where if she had fallen asleep and not waken, woken up, like, that alluring kind of concept wouldn't have been far. And it's only by the fact that she does kind of get grace through having, like, through the realization of support and being able to kind of get out the whale that um, she doesn't, you know, go the way that other characters might have. Um, it's quite haunting. Haunt haunting. Oh, that's a hard word. It's quite haunting. I
2: I also like to think that uh, if she were alive and if this show's fashion sense uh, were a little bolder, Raka would totally be a goth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. You know, not just because the the whole image of crows as as Guides and signposts did make me think of The Crow, rest in peace, brandedly. But I like that Raka's job eventually becomes working to gather materials for the Halos. Um, I like that. I think a lot of people who survive suicidal ideation do find healing in coming in death positivity and like working with this fascination that they've had, but turning it into something healthy and positive, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. rather than, I think sometimes the conventional wisdom can be, well, you won't want to kill yourself if you just stop thinking about death.
1: Right. Like as,
0: as if it's that easy, right. Right. It's it's her own way of working through everything and coming to accepting, accepting it. Mm. Um, I really like, How, you know, it just also allows you, the viewer, to get acquainted with the larger concept of the order of the Haibane as well. Through Raka being, you know, quote unquote, punished with her new job, uh, which seems to be more something that is going to help her than anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she also seems to be somebody who has become an insider in all of this to really be able to perform the work to help. Other people like Rick.
1: Yeah. Love, I love this sweet child. Like, it. it seeing her down there and seeing her in between the walls really interesting, right? Because, like, getting that peek into how halos are made and then learning about the concept of like dual names was really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I shout out to my girl for not losing the raft. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing her duties so well, and she's just trying to heal, and then she forgets to tether the raft. (laughs) Yeah, she just goes dashing after it, and and but isn't that isn't that how life is when you're when you know you are kind of dealing with the recovery process of ideation? Is just like foibles abound because that that is that is kind of the the wonderful part of being human is you can go through something that that always leaves a mark on you and this is i mean this might be personal like feelings of of ideation but you can go through something so tough that leaves this kind of memory on you and you can still come through and still just be very human mm-hmm. and like that's mm-hmm. lovely
2: yeah and there's uh the inside of the wall has that neat kind of uh river of mm-hmm. uh lethe lethe Leth? uh you know the greek river in the underworld you forget uh yeah uh but also it goes around and around so it's got that cycle imagery it's Mm -hmm. it's some nice so the visuals in this are nice in an understated way even if i sometimes wish they were a little bit less brown
0: yeah and you know also just i'm not sure if you folks know about it but um there's the concept of true names that you know we touched upon very briefly um Mm. But that is a Buddhist thing where after you die, um, you get a new name, uh, to sit next to the Buddha, um, in the afterlife that the the whole thing is, you know, the more money you pay, uh, the better name you get and the closer you get to sit, but, um, I
2: didn't realize there were indulgences in Buddhism. Oh, yes. I was
0: just about to say, wait a second, that feels very counter. <laughs> to- uh, yes, <laughs> I did not realize. Welcome that. to Japanese Buddhism, by the way. Uh, my sect is weird, but um, anyway, yeah, you get like a post-death name uh, in in Buddhism in Japan usually, and I mm-hmm. think it plays to that kind of th- uh, theme of. Once you have passed on, once your day of flight is here, you assume your new, true being in the in the true afterlife instead of this purgatory.
1: Because mm. right. mm-hmm. I, I did find it interesting that, like, their name doesn't change, the characters used to write it changes. Mm-hmm. So, like, Raka is still Raka, it's just that the meaning changes. Little Nut. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Little Nut, love that. that. That really kind of... In cases, a lot of her like it felt like a very natural meaning for her. And then you have Reki, who what Reki's, Reki's in the English dub, <laughs> y'all Reki's in the English dub was rough. They straight up said, um, <laughs> "I'm sure I find it in my notes." The one who was run over and torn asunder, and I yeah. was like, "Oh, that is what the subtitles say." <laughs> no, okay. that is
0: that is that is what they say in Japanese. Reki means to be like run asunder
1: i was like oh what a rough fate to be given
0: i mean that is how she entered this purgatory uh literally throwing herself into a train
2: yeah and like that is the most overt the series gets about its imagery Mm -hmm. and even then it feels extremely stressful but i wasn't grossed out by it you know Mm -hmm. i didn't feel exploited not me, but you know what I mean.
0: Okay. Uh, when was when was that um, manga um, about the girls who commit suicide by train in like groups? Are you thinking of Suicide Club? Suicide Club, yes. What was that?
2: That was in the nineties. Nineties, 90? I know because DiscoTech just announced uh, the film. Right, right. They licensed it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize this. So this would be coming in as the post 90s. Uh, well, post suicide club. Um, yeah. World yeah. where and, and Japanese suicides are very often done by train. Um, that's right. like that's like the easiest way to do it. Um, although it is highly, highly discouraged for various reasons. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's 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 kind of a icon. Like in Japan, it's definitely a co- iconic as oh yeah, absolutely suicide compared to like other things.
2: Mm. It is uh, interesting that uh, Raka's death basically just repeats Lane's.
1: Oh, does Lane die?
2: Yeah, that's how the series opens as she does plunge headfirst off a roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh j- Jesus. <coughs> Oh my God. yeah
1: Ooh, okay i did not know that i've never seen i think i've seen like a little bit of serial experiments laid but i don't remember that for some reason
2: well good news we're doing that sometime Ooh. <laughs> yeah okay. we'll see if i still dislike it
0: mm.
1: <laughs> that's okay that's interesting
0: huh. i mean given given it's- the fact that it's the same um character I designer see. right yeah uh, like
2: yeah no I, i'm sure it is on purpose yeah
0: Hmm. Abe, Abe definitely probably thought like, "What would what would Lane's life be like af- in 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 the afterlife?" I guess is is his take on what uh, Lane ultimately diverged from.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, what what about finding closure as opposed to what about becoming god of the internet?
0: Can be both. Get <laughs> <Can> be both. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, um, I like, but I do really like that the climax of the series is that concept, that very powerful thing that is a hell of a thing to pull off without feeling victim blamey. Mm-hmm. That um, at a certain point, you know, being depressed and suicidal is scary and it's hard and it drags you down, but you have to take the step to reach out to the people around you you have to ask for help
1: yeah mm-hmm. it it really is that kind of double-edged sword of like there is a degree of like help needing to be offered but it is it is that thing also of like you have to you do have to reach out and like that's such a powerful moment um, that, that, like you said, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like weird and gazy the way that I think a lot of times narratives about suicide and suicidality often feel. I I often find for myself that narratives of suicide and suicidality feel like they are made for people who have not felt that feeling to feel good about not feeling that feeling and about like what they could possibly do if they spotted it like in the wild, if a family member or a loved one or someone they saw rather than like humanizing Mm -hmm. those very intense feelings that like are very real
2: yeah and i think i think one part of it is that the person who saves her is raka somebody Mm -hmm. else who you know died um who who died by suicide and i think part of it is also that we spend so much time with reki beforehand really living in her head and that one line um because it doesn't treat Reki as just too da- gosh darn stupid and selfish to realize that people care about her, darn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she says, "What I- I'm scared that what if I, from the bottom of my heart, ask for help and nobody says anything. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's like a real mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a real, yeah, real that, mood. Like-
2: it's that thing, right? Of like, I'm just going to not try very hard because what if I try my hardest and still fail, but at a much more dire level, yeah. I think it's something that people can really connect with, even if they've never been to a place that dark. Well, and it's
1: it's a real mood, but also like she kind of has evidence, right? Because everyone perceives Reki as being the strong, responsible one. Who's to say that like she wasn't right, maybe that like there might have been had Raka not been there. Who knows? You know, like, and I, I think that's that is the kind of like, that's what stuck out to me was I was like, yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes for some people, unfortunately, that does happen of like they call out and there isn't a response. And and it's it's just kind of fortunate that fortunate in this like very bittersweet way that Raka was there to to answer that call.
2: Yeah, because there are characters like like Nemu, for example, who who love Reki, uh and, and Hyoko um, and uh, Midori, but and and they all very much care about her, but they don't perceive the way that she is hurting in the way Raka can as somebody who has also suffered in a similar way, and that that sense of community that it really evokes is very touching.
0: Mm. I find like and you know just just to talk about that the, there's this sort of um, collection of characters in the show of people who seem to understand that, and it's not just Raka and Reki but also the elder mm-hmm. from the order.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, I and It also feels like the, or, the, the elder is himself kind of what would happen if Reki never resolved her, her traumas and her, her issues to not have a day of flight that, you know, eventually I think it's assumed that she would assume the the role of serving in the order as a faceless uh wordless um communicator slash um you know um priest
2: Mm. yeah that i am of two minds about that whole that whole entire element of the mythos Mm -hmm. because it's a really it's really nice to have that first of all, it's a real bugbear if you're reading this uh, for trans vibes, Uh because it's got the whole, it's got the whole, you didn't transition in time, fail. Uh. Your opportunity is lost. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, I also, it's, um, obviously it's mostly because we need this character who can, who has lived through this and can kind of be around to give Raka advice, but it's, it's interesting and a little fraught to put a very adolescence-based uh, time limit on on this sense of overcoming and getting to know who you are.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. For sure, like people don't recover from this easily, and some people work on it well into their adulthood.
1: Well, and and I and I think I think the the kind of quote like scare quotes uglier side is that like some people never some people Mm -hmm. until the day they draw their last breath like that is the struggle they have um and so there there is something like very fraught about like saying you have until this age that kind of marks you know the end of adolescence that kind of end of like innocence and youth to like get it together otherwise there's another role for you because yeah some people some some people struggle with this. they' you know, the concept of treading water is something that extends for many people far into adulthood.
2: It's um, it's the double-edged sword of of doing your story as an allegory, right? Mm-hmm. Like it means you can cover more stuff and um, reach an audience that's a little broader um, because you can take a slightly lighter lighter touch than if you were dealing with the issues directly. And I think uh, some of Raka's conversations with the um, with the communicator are, are really nice and helpful. I really like that conversation uh, where he gives her the riddle, uh, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was quite mm-hmm. nice. But while I was watching this, I ended up thinking a lot about another series that came out recently. So I, I ended up thinking about Midnight Club, which is this year's uh, Mike Flanagan series. We are a big Mike Flanagan household because it is a series that is explicitly about a um, a hospice center for uh, for dying teenagers. Huh. Um, mm-hmm. So it 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 covers some of the some of the same ground that Haibane Renmei does, but it is able to I think be a little bit more clear cut about it because it is just directly engaging with the thing that Haibane Renmei is doing uh, more abstractly. Uh, and so I I was thinking about you know the the pros and cons they're about,
1: and and I guess it needs to be said that like I do think this is like when it comes to thinking about suicide and how this is used and, and the allegory of the show, it does feel like how I I feel like things were talked about at this time, because um, I think mm-hmm. that's that's some of the dissonance that came up in my mind that I had to just kind of like quietly. Like shush was not not that it's not okay to look at the disparity in how we speak about suicidality, but more so that like this feels um, very much so how it was talked about in the early two thousands. And granted, Ooh. in two thousand two, I was ten, so I don't particularly i you know I, I i consider myself very fortunate that suicide was not at that age was not something that I, I have memory of dealing with. Um, you know, I can't, I, I am 100% sure I can't say that for every single 10 year old on this planet at all. Um, mm-hmm. But it does feel very much so of how the narrative was at the time. And I have to imagine at the time, if I had been this age, this would have been incredibly poignant, um, mm-hmm. given how we kind of discussed and thought about suicide and kind of the the conversation being had around it and while i can't speak to that in japan like i you know i mean i feel like in the us it it was a much more um kid gloves conversation and a lot of kind of allegory was used around it but i i think that also doesn't dismiss the fact that like the allegory used here is really it i think there's a reason why it resonates in 2022 Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen. I want to give Haibane Renmei all the recognition for how sensitively it handles mm-hmm. this subject matter on a television broadcast. Yeah, because you know, not only is this 2002 again, I opened this podcast by comparing it to Wonder Egg Priority, a show that is deeply offensive in its handling of yeah. teenage girl suicide, yeah. and you know, just not, just not good. <laughs> and that show was in 2020. And US side, you know, 2017, we had 13 Reasons Why, a show that came out on Netflix, and every expert in mental health care and suicidality said, this is exactly the opposite of how you should portray suicide in media in order to not romanticize it. Mm. So yeah, again, many kudos for this 2002 series that manages to both be about, don't do suicide, and also you know mental health mentally ill folks are some of the strongest in being able to recognize and help one another and also this is an understandable mood and you're not alone if you've struggled with these feelings that's a lot Mm. and that alone i think is worth this show being remembered as as strongly as it is even with you know some of the uh some of the wibblier
0: aspects of it Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Just to set the uh, stage a bit about this show, I mean, or at least in Japanese media culture, uh, suicide is a major social topic in in Japan, especially since the nineties. Um, yeah, since the the economic bubble burst, suicide rates skyrocketed. Um, with, due to financial instability, children also copying what they see. Uh. Adults do. Uh, there was there was a lot of threat to even children as young as elementary school aged. Um, you know, committing suicide because of uh, bullying. Uh, this was yeah. this was a thing. So when you see suicide in mass media, you know, dramas and everything dr- of that time, a lot of it was just dramatized. It was it was just this thing of. Oh wow, it's shocking you know it was done for the shock value rather than any kind mm-hmm. of real mm-hmm. um, like dialogue. analysis of you know what it means to feel this low in you know ha- uh, hit that point in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this show really um, you know taking what happened from Lane even <laughs> during the first episode, um, kind of delves into. Yeah what is what should be done on on the subject and you know i think it was progressive for the time and it continues yeah. to even be progressive today
2: because right, i was yeah as you as you oh um as you said that i i had the brief thought of is this entire series abe's apology for the first episode of lane
0: <laughs> i mean you know given the fact that like and when i said it last last episode it's the same thing Abby was probably going through some shit when he wrote this. Like, he was absolutely Mm. going through some shit. So, I don't know. Maybe this is Penance. I I can't speak for him. I have his phone number. Maybe I'll call him. But, um, (laughs) I shouldn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This show is going to sit with me for a while because it made me feel. And this is like, hi, it's Mira's personal corner. It made me feel, and I'm I'm so sorry. I'm starting to tear up. Also, mm-hmm. um, mm. it made me feel very human, in a way that like a lot of the narrative still around suicide and suicidality often doesn't. Um, like it is, it is a fictional show, right? Like um, I regret to inform listeners, I don't have a Halo or Angel Wings. <laughs> um, but like Aww. it, it's it, it, right. Um, it it felt very humanizing in a way and i I'm not sure necessarily what to do with that because um there's a fraughtness with feeling humanized while also being a person who lives with ideation um mm. but it made me feel normal like to use a word that like you know I don't know if I, what what does norm, normal is um, a very subjective word but it made me feel like a like a person whose emotionality and kind of like humanity mattered, even though I am someone who also actively lives with having a very tenuous relationship with life. Um it felt really I don't know, like just felt it's a really good show. It's very memorable. Very powerful.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm never I am not somebody who has struggled with ideation in that active sort of way. My uh, intrusive thoughts uh, that felt very separate from myself were always more my deal, but I I definitely uh, teared up during that last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, and which was so unexpected because I, a lot of my appreciation of this episode or of this show has been very intellectual because, you, you know, I spent a lot of time going, well, I'm not a teenager, so I can appreciate the ways in which this hits, but I'm maybe kind of past this point in my life where I would have really needed this. And then that uh, then that finale got me good. <laughs>
0: <It>
1: really
2: did. You <laughs> really did. Like
0: <sighs> and just to, you know, kind of touch on on Rekki and her her whole deal, like I am somebody who struggles with ideation constantly. Like even today. Uh, I am, you know, essentially uh, passively suicidal, as some people call it. Um, and for for like the longest time, I just kind of appreciated Reiki too as sort of a philosophical point, um, something that I got on a uh, on a philosophical level, but not something that I can really understand uh, with my own being, uh, and that kind of. Um, processing even when i watched it back in like the 2000s really didn't register so it definitely was something that took a while for me to um appreciate and having this opportunity to rewatch the series today um i can kind of reflect and kind of really see that better which i appreciate
1: yeah yeah it this this series the biggest thing i think this this series has left me with is this desire to see a place for anime that allow not necessarily because i don't want to use depth because i think there's a lot of anime that are very like simple plot that are quite deep but like Mm. i would like to i really wish there was space for anime that kind of challenge you like this that really provoke kind of this really deep reflection. Cause like, I'm going to be thinking about this, this show probably until the end of the year. Like mm. it, it would not shock me if I don't write something about it because it, it really has given me a lot of food for thought in a way that I did not expect to find from a 2002 series. But like, I really wish in modern day and it's, it's impossible I think because of the amount of anime just being churned out every season but I wish there was a place for series like this where like, there's this really beautiful algorithm, and really, really deep introspection mm-hmm. that adds a lot. And it's just done over 13 episodes. It's not going to get a part two. It's not, you know, and it doesn't need a part uh, two. It does. Right. It, it, it's, it, it is what it is. And it's what it is, is it's really good. It's not perfect. I mean, but I don't think anything is, but it's, it's good. Um, and I think, similarly to you chiaki i am someone who is actively and not actively um suicidal but i'm very passively but i deal with ideation every day is by proxy my ocd Mm -hmm. um and so something like this that like kind of lets me process that felt really good and i just wish i wish we could have more modern cores of anime do things like this and get to play with that and get to engage with that and i just don't know if that's ever something we're going to be able to return to
0: you know, not that this... there's
1: not shows that don't do that. <laughs> don't
0: come for me. And I mean, I'm just going to harp a little bit, but uh Noitamina, the, you know, the the offbeat, in, you know, very yeah. deep anime block mm-hmm. uh that was developed, that started in 2005. Okay. Right. Uh if only we could go back to having that kind of work. I wish we could have another Haibane show up on Noitamina block yeah. cuz than... i we
1: i really thought Wonder Egg Priority was going to be it and 2021's biggest flop was that
2: series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> disappointment. The last the last one i can think of that has this very similar vibe and uh was a Noitamina show was um was House of Five Leaves. And it didn't go near it didn't go as hard as Haibane Renmei but it had that similar sort of uh very quiet restrained uh, character drama about some uh very uh damaged people
0: mm. how about mm. how about um sarazanmai though
2: i love sarazanmai it has never heard of subtlety and bless it for that's that. fair i love it <laughs> like like it has deal sarazanmai is doing so much and doing it really well i think it is restrained is never a word that i would use for it ever mm. is that okay. the one with butts? Fair.
0: Y- y- yes, yes, it is. About-
2: Kappas and butts. And otters. And musical numbers and otters. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it so much. My gay son. <laughs> Z. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we are oh. starting to edge towards the hour. So I just wanted to get, you know, any final thoughts, any things that uh, any of y'all wanted to discuss before uh, before we close out
2: uh, maybe uh, this isn't really something that we need to talk about in depth but I do want to th- to throw in an acknowledgement that you know even if it's partly an offshoot of this being a serious drama that's serious from the early 2000s, I like the variety in levels of uh, feminine presentation for the characters while also uh, being, not while also being closer on the sliding scale towards realism you know (laughs) these are not this is this is not quite the moe boom yet but uh it will encroach upon the anime industry soon and so it's just nice to look back and have that have a show that looks like this as
0: as as i call it the progenitor of the sad girl in snow show (laughs)
1: My little last thing is that uh y'all this is 4.99 on Amazon. <laughs> and um I'm just going to say if you want this in your library, look, I don't like Big River Company either. Jeff Bezos eat my butt. That said, I think this is worth like $5 and like 50 cents. I it's worth a lot more than that, but like buy it. Go watch it. Watch it with all these uh content warnings, but like it's worth oh, it. Oh,
2: many content warnings. It's
1: worth yeah. it. Yeah
0: um and you know as much as i don't support funimation at this point or anything but hey the blu-ray is out there it is 480p so it's kind of wasted on a blu-ray they they need to remaster it but uh,
2: i'm so sad that, that this didn't get a remaster yeah, that's right? that's so unfair but
0: um you know if you want it for your physical media collection it's there it comes with yeah. a couple of um Uh, It comes with an interview with Yoshitoshi Abe and the producer of the series, which uh, is kind of interesting to watch if you're really into that kind of stuff. And it has um, all of the extra like trailers and, um, you know, bells and whistles of a regular uh, 2000s anime uh, DVD ported over into Blu-ray. So I don't know if you want to if you want it go check it out. I personally am happy that I have this. Um, I was happy with my DVDs, which have been misplaced somewhere. Uh,
2: I am uh, currently looking at the Blu-ray on Right Stuff. It is $30. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Although a little bit insulting for Funimation not bothering to uh, try to clean it up at all. (laughs) But we touched on that last time. Yeah.
0: Um... One final thought that I wanted to just put in here, uh, and it has almost nothing to do with the rest of this conversation that we've had, but um, just want to talk about the halo touching in episode eight.
1: Yes. Oh, as a black person, I felt very strongly about that.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I figured it would be a good thing to just kind of quickly bring up and just get your reactions. Mm. Yeah. Gross.
2: Yeah, my reaction doesn't matter. It's all you, Mara.
1: Yeah, okay. So like, I mean, as a Black person, I now have, um, my hair is about an inch and a half long now. But at its longest, my hair was about down the mid back. And when I first went natural, my hair was pretty long. And there is this fascination in North America, and I experienced this in Japan as well, of just a lack of bodily autonomy when you have different textured hair. And when I saw this woman go up to Raka and be like, "Oh, you're a high body. I hear they bring good luck. Oh, what a neat object!" And I, I, I like had a very visceral reaction, um, much like Raka, because it's just this concept of like never being able to react negatively, but being having your body become fascinatingly grotesque in the interest of others. It made me think a lot of how. Um, historic freak shows Mm. often positioned people's bodies as fascinatingly grotesque performance art. And the intriguing part of it was not that they were people, but they were different. And it's this really visceral reaction that I think all Black people in the diaspora are united by, by just like, "Ah, don't do that. That's gross. That's somebody's body. It happens to pregnant people as well um, with the fascination of touching their body because, ooh, baby. Um, And it just was gross. I just didn't like it, and good on Raka for being like, "Don't touch me." Mm-hmm. We love a queen. <laughs> Stand up for your body. Um, yeah, that's, I just, that's my feelings.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to like mention this with Yoshitoshi Abi as well. Like, this is his second personal work uh, that he kind of authored and you know really pushed ahead on. His first one was Nia Under Seven, which deals with people that's
1: immigration, right? Yeah,
0: that deals with immigration. And so, you know, I think in his mind, he's really sensitive or at least understands the concept of others living Mm -hmm. in a in what Japanese people consider a homogenous society. And so I think it it was it was very much a um, a deliberate um, portrayal, I think, Mm -hmm. even even if it's just a one off thing that really gets lost because you know everything after that becomes much more in the show so you kind of forget about it but
2: i like and then she dissociates and has to go away for a while <laughs> you know what move baby. When, yeah. when someone touches my fat black body
1: or my hair i feel like dissociating and going into a well for a while too
0: uh, don't break your leg though
2: <laughs> no i <Please>. won't <laughs> i won't
0: all righty well shall i close this off then
2: yeah, yeah. I, I think we can all agree um, good show, like different different levels of emphatic goodness but all good.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, good show as always thankful to like watch it with you two.
0: Yeah. Aww. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you both uh, enjoyed this. This is definitely one of my most favorite shows that I've that has stuck with me for so long. Mm. So it was nice to share it with you. Thank um, you. This.
2: Thank you for yeah, sharing. Yeah, I'm so glad you shared it with us.
0: All right. Yay.
2: Okay. Well. Um, All right, now we can go. Okay, so, uh,
0: <laughs> you know, uh, with that, thank you for joining us today on Chatty AF. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more at animefeminist.com, where you can listen to more Chatty AF or check out some of our writing. If you want to support our content, you could ship us a few bucks over Patreon or Ko-fi, which uh, pays for our staff and contributors. And uh, we are trying to increase how much we pay folks, so your contributions will be really sincerely appreciated. Uh, And that is uh, Anime Feminist on Patreon and Ko-fi. You can also check us out uh, on our store, where we have new embroidered patches, bandanas, and your selection of shirts and all that, uh, with more to come soon, hopefully. Uh, and finally, you can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Mastodon, all on Anime Feminist. And uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Till next time, Anime